have a question for you. You ever have the experience you're reading, it seems like the same paragraph over and over, and you're not remembering what you're reading, and, and you're not understanding it, and you say, maybe, maybe I should just fall asleep. I, I have that experience uh, sometimes, believe it or not, at Mass when I'm reading the preface. Now, the preface is the part I'm trying to address to God as people are carrying the basket of offerings into the sanctuary. And in Easter time, there's this statement, overcome with paschal joy. I've read that seven Sundays in a row. I'm not sure what it means. What does it mean to be overcome by anything? I haven't been overcome by anything in a while, much less joy. And pastel, what is that? Well, that's taking the word Easter and turning it into an adjective. So I have to ask you, have you ever thought about what it means when week in and week out, every Sunday... Father's reading, overcome with Paschal joy, and thought about it. Don't worry, I won't ask for a show of hands. But it is important because the world always gets joy wrong. They think joy is kind of this giddy enthusiasm. The funny thing about giddy enthusiasm is the giddier it is, the shorter it lasts. But the wisdom of the church has a different view of joy. Joy, first of all, is delight in the presence of the Beloved. And our Beloved is Christ our Lord, as we are His Beloved. And St. Thomas Aquinas says the other side of joy is delighting to see the fulfillment of the Beloved. And the fulfillment of Christ our Lord is to have His Father's plan for us made complete, which of course is our sanctification. So the joy, the delight of our beloved is to see us live and die as saints and so enter heaven. So on that view of what joy is and who our beloved is, let's listen again from the epistle of St. Peter. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you a reason for your hope. Let's think about that for a minute. How many times have we seen hope gotten wrong? About 20 or so years ago, there was a TV show called West Wing, and Martin Sheen was the president, and at the end of the second season, he was going to run for re-election, and the, the press asked the White House staff, why is he writing for re-election? They had no answer. They hadn't thought about it. And the president said, you had one job. How can you not know why I'm running for re-election? Well, why are you? I don't know. Well, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? You may have seen YouTubers and influencers, they get camera crews out and they go talk to ordinary people on the street and ask them basic questions about American history. Who is George Washington? Did he ever meet Abraham Lincoln? How many world wars there were? Who's buried in Grant Tomb? And they are clueless. These people who are allowed to to vote and purchase alcohol often on the same day have no idea of American civics. One more example. When I was a new priest teaching at a self-identified Catholic university, I'd always ask my students, what's your religious identity, your religious affiliation? And the answer I got most often was, Catholic, I guess. Catholic, I guess? You never ask a pre-med major, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know, maybe a doctor. Uh, He knows for sure. 
So time and time again, regarding the things that are most important, people are thoughtless. Even regarding something as important as joy and hope and even salvation. All right, so what is hope? Well, it's not wishful thinking. I sure hope Father McTague will cancel the exams this semester. That's wishful thinking. Hopefully it won't rain on the picnic tomorrow. That's just bad English. Hope is not a feeling. It's not a wish. It's not a desire. It is a choice. It's a choice to show up, to show up at a possible good future that is available to you on the condition that you show up. So with that understanding of hope, now let's look at the Gospel of John. Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, if, there's a conditional, if you love me, then what? You'll get everything you want. No, didn't say that. Your self-esteem will always be intact. No. If you love me, you'll always be nice. Didn't say that. If you love me, you'll always smile and nod while people speak their truth. Didn't say that. If you love me, you'll never exercise moral judgment. Didn't say that. What did he say? If you love me, keep my commandments. And what are they? To love God above all to love neighbor as ourselves, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if, if, if we do all that, if we do all that, if we do that all the time, if we completely turn our lives upside down and inside out to be faithful and fruitful, and obedient disciples of Christ, then what? I will give you the spirit of truth, and I will love you and reveal myself to you. That sounds pretty important, doesn't it? Our divine beloved will give us his spirit, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, will give us his love, will reveal him to us and give us a joy and a perfection that the world cannot give, cannot imitate, and cannot take away. So for a Christian, what do you hope for and whom do you hope? I hope in Christ and the fulfillment of his promises. Why? Because there is no lie in the Christ of God. Prove it. Watch it by the way I live and die. That's the only right answer. I can give you the words. Only you can say them. And only you, with God's grace, can live them. Go back real quick to St. Peter. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks for a reason for your hope. My friends, there may come a time in our lives when our very lives and our salvation will depend on the witness we give to Christ. There may come a time when the lives and salvation of someone we love depend on the witness, the testimony, 
that we give to Christ and our hope in Him. So now I ask you, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, if you knew your life and salvation were on the line, if you knew with certainty the life and salvation of someone you love were on the line, could you in this instant stand up and give a confident, well-thought-out answer that is the fruit of prayer drenched in your own blood, sweat, and tears? If the answer is no, then you've got some work to do. I know it's getting late. It's almost 7.30. It's practically Monday. It's still the day of Sabbath rest. If you're not able to give life and death testimony for the sake of eternity, for yourself and those you love, on behalf of Christ, our hope, if you're not absolutely confident in this very instant, then you've got to go home and cancel your plans. You've got to sit with the Word. You've got to beg God for the grace to give you the illumination and the power to testify when the time comes. God is watching and those who need you are waiting for you think on these things today take them to prayer talk about them with those you love may god's holy name be praised now and forever